Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. So I want to take you to Luke chapter 5, my favorite, favorite scripture. You could read Luke chapter 5 every day for the rest of the month and get something new out of it. It's one of those scriptures. It's one of those passages. So if you want to turn, feel free. I'll kind of dip in and out of it, touch in and out of it as we go. But I'm going to read from um, verse 1 to verse 11, and um, I I guess it's going to lead us and guide us as I talk about what I'm going to call deeper water. So hopefully that will make sense as we go through. And so it goes like this. So Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Uh, Once when he was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Um, Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. When he had finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Simon said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't even caught a minnow, but if you say so, I'll let out the nets. It was no sooner said than done. A huge haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell to his knees before Jesus. Master, leave. I'm a sinner and can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. When they pulled in that catch of fish, awe overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. It was the same with James and John, Zebedee's sons, co-workers with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, There is nothing to fear. From now on you'll be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats up on the beach, left them, nets and all, and followed him. Oh, I love that scripture. I love it every time. It just gets me in there. I, I, did, I don't think I discovered it till about five years ago, something, you know, but it's been with me during those five years. And I, I really do mean, if you read it every day for a month, you'd get something different out of it. We'll explore it a little. So deeper water, the sense of God, his continual invitation for us to move to deeper water. Um, I've become convinced I mean as you get older in a sense you've got to kind of claim the things that you can still do sort of thing because you've got to kind of ache and you're not as cool and all of those sorts of things you move on from some of the things you do I've become convinced that you don't thrive or, or in some cases you don't even survive you don't thrive or survive for decades in this journey if you don't grow if you don't develop if you don't push your boats out a bit more if you stay safe if you stay where you were if you stay where you were last week last year last decade even then you don't survive there are too many temptations out there in the world for me at least there are too many questions that don't seem to have answers when you think about them. too many disappointments that you hit along the way that will get in your way of this and we're living those things even at the moment, you know, kind of COVID, we make light of it, or three o'clock, we make light of it. You know, we're living in the reality, aren't we, of life wasn't like it was a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago, maybe even a couple of weeks ago. And unless we grow, 
We, we don't get the opportunity to kind of ride those things with Jesus because we're, we're trying to ride them with Jesus from where we were back some time ago. So I'm convinced that we've got to grow, we've got to develop because those temptations, those questions and disappointments are going to get us if we don't. And so with my Vineyard College Principles hat on, I want to talk a little about deep water, deeper water and the, the opportunities really, I guess, that God gives us along the way. So it's a great privilege to me to lead our, our Vineyard College, which has, it's, it's a, it's a, a um, uh, two one-year programs, um, level four certificate, level five diploma. Um, Caitlin's been part of it. A few others here in, in church have been part of it. And it gives us the opportunity to what we say is um, educate, train, and form people. And we just love doing that. And I think we see that in all of these, in this particular scripture. Education, formation, and training. Education, formation, and training. It's our opportunity to do those things. You know, we've got to grow in our knowledge. I, I just picture them sitting around and listening to Jesus' teaching. We've got to get some things into our head. We've got to learn. We've got to know some things about God. We've got to understand the Scriptures. We've got to, we've got to be able to, to connect with the things that God is wanting to do. And Jesus does that. Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he teaches the crowd. Can you imagine what it would be like having a day's teaching from Jesus. Wouldn't that be an incredible thing? It's like, wow, you know, did you hear what he said? Did you hear and explain the questions that I had, the things that I never knew? All of a sudden it makes sense. And so we've got to be those people. We've got to grow. We've got to be developing those things. But I've become convinced, I guess, over time that that alone doesn't get you through decades striving and surviving. It doesn't get you through just, it, 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 it takes you so far but there are other things. So we keep learning, of course, but we have to have other things that we see. And I think I, I, we see these in these scriptures as well. I think there's another aspect that we're probably a little less comfortable with about how it is, but the whole idea of being formed. And that formation takes some place deep down inside here that only you know it and only I know it, whether it's happening to us. I can't see it in you and you can't see it in me, but we've got to trust that it's being formed because I can be quite intelligent or I can you know, kind of these scriptures or something like that. But what is happening within, and that's an important thing. And I, I just think it is unbelievable what Jesus says, or, or the scriptures say, when he finished teaching. And I'm thinking, when he finished teaching, something else is going to happen. Surely the day hearing Jesus teaching was good enough. You know, you can go home now, you just feast on that, you think about it, you get together in your home groups, you talk about what you heard on Sunday. It's like when he finished teaching, he comes up to Simon and he says, push out into the deeper water. Let's go out into the deep and let your nets out for a catch. I've got something else that we're going to learn here. And it's not really about this um, you know, kind of intellectual thing anymore. It's going to be a heart transition that's going to take place. You up for that one as well? Why don't, why don't we give that one a bit of a shot? And then the other, so sort of head, heart, and I can't think of, the other thing that's really important is, is, is learning and developing and growing in skills. Um, and, and teamwork maybe, and in the areas of training that we like to do, you know, sort of to, to get better at, you know, kind of leading worship or preaching or, you know, all these guys who are across the front doing just such a fantastic job, you know, to do our hospitality well and to do our kids well and all of these sorts of things. It's sort of honoring to God, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful and appropriate thing to do. And so you have this great catch. And when you get a great catch, well, it's a bit like when you've got not much of a catch, you get, it's, a, it's a different 
way that you approach it in that, but when you get a great catch, you have to, you have to kind of do this in a different way apparently because it could sink the boats and we've got to pull nets and we've got to combine and we've got to get in teams and we've got to be able to, to do these things together. This is just, this is a wonder that Jesus is doing and we get to do this. And so again with my Vineyard College hat on, this is what we're wanting to input into, into people's lives. And I've, got a, I've just got a, an unashamed plug because we, we have a mid-year intake coming up. And I just wonder whether there might be one or two people for whom it's like, you know, in a sense, this is what you've been waiting for for a good long time because it's the next thing that you can do. And so we've just got a little promo here and, um, and then I'll move in. I'll put my pastor's hat on in a minute. So here we go. I just think it's um, a great opportunity that we have within our sort of relatively small movement in New Zealand, 25 churches or something like that, to have a college where we can, we, we can take people and we can walk through with them in this whole thing of you know, education, training and formation. So, so young and not necessarily not so young people can be growing. We sort of talk about the, um, uh, preparing the next generation of ministry leaders. So it's not age specific, but the next, the next group of, of leaders for our churches who are just so desperately needed. And so we, we would normally say, you know, kind of there's a, there are probably three groups that I think we're really well set up for. You know, maybe the, the group that is sort of like a, an intern-type group, it's a bit of a dirty word these days, but an intern-type group, you know, kind of where you, can, where you can maybe coming out of school or coming out of uh, uni or something like that and have a year of serving and, and, and loving. Or, or a group, um, another group that I think there's just this incredible potential in is, a, is a, a, um, the type of people who are looking to discern what God is wanting to do in their lives. I think we do discernment so wrong most of the time. It's like, I feel good and somebody felt good and I got prayed over and this is what God wants and I think discernment's so much more of a I don't know a corporate and and um, a longer term process if we have the sense and so I think you know kind of a year just sort of you know with the with the wintering and the and the spring and the summer and the autumn and all of those is just such a helpful thing and then we we also train people who are already in ministry um, you know I'm a journalist in background and so it took me 10 years to do any training to do the kind of very complicated thing 
thing that is church and people and all of that sort of thing. And so we can get in um, to be able to assist in the in the growth of people along those lines. So so those are the sorts of things we do. So that's my that's my, my blatant plug. If there's anybody who is keen for a chat about that, you can talk to me. Not a heck of a uh, after the service because I've got to go back to our service tonight. But Matt will tell you, um, or any of your your leaders and stuff like that will be able to take you through from there, and we can go from there. So college principal hat off. Pastor's hat on, deeper water, same thing, same theme. There is a great scripture I just love from Hebrews chapter 6, and it talks about going from milk to meat. So milk to meat, the sense, well, you never want to stay just on milk. You'd want to move on. And, and Eugene Peterson puts it, I think, really beautifully. He says, so come on, let's leave the preschool finger-painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place, but there's so much more. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. There's a sense of, you know, kind of what we've done so far is the beginning so that we can grow and develop the things that God is wanting to do. So you wouldn't want to be finger painting if you can do a, you can do a work of art unless your work of art is finger painting, which is possible. And so you have this sort of sense of, you know, kind of, so I'm prepared for something. God's brought me this far for something. It's not like he's brought me this far and the summary of everything that he's brought me for is to come to Coast Vineyard at three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. That's a part of what it is, but it's not the whole thing of what it is. Surely, 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 God, we have more things that you're wanting us to do. And so as we um, move from milk to meat, we're able to experience that. I've become convinced about the importance of building foundations and then the importance of building on top of the foundations. So for those who have been in, in Shaw Vineyard, and there's some of you who are here today, you will have heard me. So for 20 years, of, 30 years of pastoring Shaw Vineyard, the first 20 years, once a year probably you'd hear my message about foundations. We've got to build good foundations. We've got to build good foundations. And I always say, here are here, Vic Francis, four foundations that I live and die by. Uh, regular scripture reading, church on a Sunday, tithing, generosity, giving, and saying, yes, those are the things that I've built my life on ever since I first became a Christian. That's what I want to do. And then about 10 years ago, still do all of those, still important. So, so shout out for those. Then a few year, 10 years ago, I thought, but actually, you don't live in your foundations, you live on your foundations. And so you build foundations so you can grow the thing that is God's put you on this planet for, which is super exciting. And so it's not in being at Coast Vineyard at three o'clock, that's part of the foundation. But on that, you build your ministry into the community or into the family or, you know, the things, you, you know, you're the presence that you can be in these things. And the things that I've realized that foundations, by nature, we trust they're here on this building, but we don't see them. By nature, they're not adventurous. They're not colorful. They're not awe-inspiring. They're not that invitational and sexy. You've got to have them. You've got to spend the money on them and all of those things. But they don't provoke you. They don't call you forward. They don't make you dare to believe. And so out of our foundation, out of the, you know, kind of the sitting there and listening to Jesus, he calls us to adventure. And I, I, I just, I can't get away from that. I just think it's a fantastic thing. So we build on our foundations. We, sorry, yeah, yeah. So we build our foundations and then we build on them. And we don't live on, in our foundations. We build and live on our foundations. An important kind of, maybe it's semantics, but it seems to make sense to me. I think the second thing that it kind of leads us towards is, 
is to consider potholes to be part of God's plan for our lives. I think we do have this sort of sense, well, God's let me down, or God's supposed to bless me. The first thing that God wants to do when he gets up in the morning is to bless me. I'm not convinced that that is really the case, although we preach it sometimes, don't we? I love Brueggemann, Walter Brueggemann, the um, Old Testament scholar, sort of an expert on the Psalms. He talks about um, God takes us, it's important to say that, God takes us, from orientation to disorientation to reorientation or new orientation. So you sort of sense, you know, we, we start out with the sense of orientation. I feel pretty good about being, you know, kind of where I am. I'm, you know, I'm in love with the girl or I'm, I'm, I'm um, you know, kind of I'm, I'm, I'm doing this ministry for God or, or I've just met Jesus or something. I feel pretty good about that. I don't think it could get any better than that until it gets worse than that and we consider something's gone. And, and, and that's Brueggemann's. He's now taking us from orientation into disorientation. And, and in that time, it's, it's a perilous time because we feel like God's left us. We feel like God maybe doesn't love us. We feel like we've done something wrong. And so when we can do, when we can have a sense that God's with us in the potholes or consider the potholes to be part of God's plan, we can enter this thing that Brueggemann talks about is new orientation, sometimes radical reorientation. This is what God is wanting to do with us. And in any area of our lives, we're probably in all three at the moment, even as we speak. Um, if you want a more intellectual uh, kind of process of that, um, James Fowler's Stages of Faith is really helpful, or M. Scott Peck um, also did a lot of writing on it. Our own Alan Jamison, who's a, um, one of the heads of the Baptist movement in New Zealand, talks about the butterfly effect of God taking you from, from, a, from a caterpillar who eats into the dark of the chrysalis and out the other side into the butterfly sort of thing. So God is constantly in this process. But when we wake up in the dark, we need to realize that the pothole or the chrysalis or the darkness was meant so that we could emerge again, emerge afresh. It's a wonderful thing to know because otherwise we're in the darkness. We think everybody's left us and God's left us and it's not true. It hasn't happened in that way. So I think that's really helpful. Bernard of Clairvaux, 12th century Cistercian, just uh, this is the most awesome, awesome concept, I think. Jesus comes so the soul will cling to him. So that's why Jesus comes. That's why he's close to us. That's why, why he draws close. He goes away. What, does he go away? Why does he go away? That's a stupid thing for Jesus to do. But he goes away so that the soul will call him back. It's like, well, I've lost you, Jesus. Oh, I, I, I want a new, a new closeness, a new proximity. What can I do to walk towards you? He gives himself so that we will enjoy his presence. He then leaves so that we will long for it even more. If you find that Jesus has disappeared, it's not because of disapproval. It's because he's inviting you into a new relationship or a growing relationship or a developing relationship. I'm convinced of this, that it's, um, that it's the way that it is. Charles Spurgeon, we're in a Baptist church, we should quote somebody Baptist, talked of driving you away from the shallow waters and bring you into deeper seas where your net shall bring you larger catches. So driving you away, you know, kind of God... God making you get off out, of, out in the water where you can't, your feet can't touch the bottom and you can't control it yourself. Surely doesn't God, God doesn't want to do that. And yet it seems like he probably does. This is the things that he seems to want to do. So, so consider potholes, I think, to be part of God's plan. And there'll be people right here. It's like I am in a pothole over my head. It's not just you know kind of in my shoe, but I'm over my head. And God is there in the pothole. He wants to work with you from where you are rather than take you out of it and then work with you from there. That would be my experience, or that, that would be my, my feeling anyway um, from all these years. And then finally, I, I've got this idea of, 
of this of God inspiring us or encouraging us again to paint this paint this big colorful picture so this is my favorite um, painting or one of my favorite paintings and it's it's called the raft of the medusa it's uh, in the louvre in paris and um, it's by a french artist of the early 19th century called jericho so jericho um, painted this it was an actual um, shipwreck um, you know lots of people died they found the raft some people survived and the reason it's, it's one of my favorite paintings is because I learned most of what I know about art through this painting, or through a, a, a black and white image about the size of a postcard in an art book before I was going to Europe to visit some art galleries. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rugby racing and beer man sort of thing. I'm not, a, I'm not an art man. I'm married to an art woman from London. I'm a, I'm a rugby racing and beer guy from Patara, you know, kind of go figure that. So... So it's like I'm going over there, and it's like I know nothing about art, but I learned from this book, and it's from Jericho's painting. And so I learned about triangulation and chiaroscuro and depth of field and all of these sorts of things that are really cool and wonderful in relation to that, all from this um, black and white postcard. And then when I got to the Louvre, you've got to find this thing, you see? So it's a vast museum. Obviously, some of you will have been to it. And so it's not a 19th century French artist. Where would it be then? So you're looking and looking and looking, and eventually somebody says to you, it's in the big picture gallery. And I'm saying, what's a big picture gallery? And it turns out a big picture gallery is a gallery for big pictures. And so you go into this, and, and here is the Raft of the Medusa. And it's like you can see it's, um, it is five metres tall, so it's probably as tall as this. Well, I'm a big 2.5 metres, I suppose. But <laughs> it might be nearly as, big as, nearly as big as two of me or something like that. And it's seven metres wide, so it's probably as wide as the stage or something like that. And it is vast and it is gobsmacking and is incredible and it is so much more than a black and white postcard when you get to see it in person. And there was just like, I'm just standing there in front of it and it's, and it's like God just speaks to me and says, you know, kind of paint your picture big and colourful and bold and, you know, and risky and, you know, kind of what's it like to paint a picture that close when you've got no idea of what it looks like when you step back to see the whole thing. I mean, it's just this incredible thing. And so I think the invitation of God, you know, after all of this time, of pastoring and leading and stuff like that is still to paint a big and colourful picture, you know, kind of only you can be you and do the things that God has called you to do. And there'll be lots of people who are excited by that and lots of people think, I can barely get up in the morning, but it's all part of the picture of what God is wanting to do in our lives. So it's not kind of, you know, you know, we need to triumph over those things. It's in those things you're going to paint your big picture. That's an important thing for us to do. And so we're talking deeper water, the opportunity to go out and if we go back as we come to kind of a conclusion to Luke chapter 5 which was the is the part that we read you have the sort of situation so, so Jesus is teaching he, or he gets into the boat he's teaching he gets into the boat teaches some more says go out into the uh, he says let's go fishing Peter says we're fish but we haven't caught anything they go out they catch this big fish and um or this, this haul of fish and when and when Peter sees this, when this happens, his reaction is this. He falls to his knees and begs Jesus to leave him. Go figure that. That seems really dumb. It's like you're in the middle of the greatest thing that you could ever see. And he says, I'm a sinner and I can't handle this holiness. It's like I'm in the presence of Jesus. And it's like, when did you last feel like that? You know, when were you last kind of just struck by this Jesus? 
And when did you last say yes? When did you last sort of say, that's who I want to be close to for all the risk, for all the exposure that might come, for all of those things? And so then they start pulling it in. And, and, and um, his, his, um, uh, his fright um, at this situation with Jesus turns to what he calls awe in there, which I think is a really nice touch. So he goes from fear to awe. And I sort of like that because it's, a, it's perhaps something that we can relate to a little bit more. And then Jesus says, and then Jesus says, and then Jesus says, there is nothing to fear. Oh, there is nothing to fear. You know, when you caught nothing, there was nothing to fear. When you're breaking your boats, there is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. And it's like, you know, wherever you are, Wherever you are on the journey, whether you think deeper waters, whether you think you need to spend more time in the shallows, that's fine. But I want to say there is nothing to fear because God is with you, because Jesus is doing this journey with you and he's going to call you forward and he's not going to let you, leave you where you are, all of those sorts of things you've heard before. But there is nothing to fear. Um, and it's a wonderful thing to be in God's presence in that way. And so I'd love you, would you, to stand with me, and I, I just want to pray for you and invite you to, to respond in your heart. Maybe you'd like to respond in some other ways as well, I don't know. So would you um, maybe just close your eyes? You can, you know, if you haven't been in church and done that before, that's fine as well. So just, just bear with us. And so God, we invite your presence. And we stand here fragile to be honest you know, I'm not sure that anybody here sort of feels like we're painting big pictures right at the moment but God we just invite your presence and we welcome you we welcome you and Lord we say let your kingdom come this church, these individuals. And Lord, would you speak over them? There is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. Lord, I pray you bring healing. Pray you bring life. Pray you bring a new appetite for the things of the kingdom. And Lord, would you forgive us for kind of just going through the motions like we've always done? But Lord, we hear your call and your invitation to move into deeper water. And we have the sense that together we might do that as a church, as a family, as a flat as individuals and as groups. And just while, you know, kind of people are, you know, you know in, in a sense of being open, if there's anyone here, um, I'll hand over to Matt in a minute so he can, he can kind of bring it to a close, but is there anybody here that, that just right here wants to, wants to sort of acknowledge God's work in their life. You know, it might be in the relation, relation to I need God's work 
or it might be even a response to this, this afternoon. And, you know, I'd just love to pray for you. I, w- I won't bring you forward, so, so you'll, I won't sort of expose you. But is there anyone here? Because I'd just like to, I feel like I want to pray for you just from the front, so I won't know your names. But is there anybody here? So, yep, so there's one or two at least. If you, if you want to just put your hand up, because then I, then I kind of can know. Okay, so we've got a few, so. So Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for the courage that says, man, whatever God has for me today, maybe I wasn't expecting this, maybe I've never put my hand up before, I don't know. I thank you for the courage that says, I'm going to say yes to whatever God has. And Lord, as I look around the room, and people who are young, people who are older, people who maybe have walked this walk, and maybe people who are fresh and new on it, I don't know. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to speak over them. You'd continue to to invite them, encourage them, and even drive them into deeper waters. That, That could be a hallmark of who and what they are going forward. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whānau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day and be blessed.